Welcome to Sulphur Springs Baptist Church Sermon Audio. For more information, please visit our website at sulphurspringsbc.com. Saints truly are special and precious. Uh, many times I feel like I relate to them more than I do any other group of people. Uh, if there was an award for, or we've given out an award for the person with the oldest soul, I might be a candidate for that. Um, and I was confronted with that last night, and I think shrubbing off with my wife as well. We made ourselves dinner, and we sat down, and about 8.30, and she looked at me and said, is it too late to start a movie? And uh, so I think the uh, old soul nature is, is uh, part of me and her both, and I do appreciate all of our seniors here and the uh, kindness and love they all show me and, and uh, welcome um, that everyone showed me from the moment I arrived here. And I appreciate the uh, impact they've had on my life, even so far in the short year we've been together. Um, I, I truly cherish each of you and thankful uh, for all of you. And appreciate everyone who put time and effort into recognizing them today and uh, showing them attention and letting them know that we do appreciate them, that they're not overlooked and not minimized. And I think certainly we should treat them as a treasure from the Lord. God has uh, given them a lot of wisdom through their years and their experience and their testimony and walking with Him and you and I should not minimize that, certainly. And so I appreciate each of our seniors and everybody, that the committee and each one who's played a part in helping uh, recognize them today. Uh, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn back with me to the book of Psalms, uh, where our scripture reading came from. But we're going to be in Psalm chapter number 78. Psalm 78. And as you find your place, I'll just say that uh, this passage of scripture is very special to me. Uh, as I knew today was Senior Adult Day, and this passage of Scripture came to my mind, and it's actually uh, the last uh, Scripture that I looked at and preaching when I was at Tabernacle. It's what I used the last time I would be preaching there, just before I came here. And um, there's a charge here. I think there's whatever generation you count yourself to be a part of, there's a word for you here in these verses. Certainly you'll find there's a charge for the senior saints. There's a charge, uh, exhortation here for those who are younger. So wherever you find yourself today, uh, of course, as always, the word of the Lord will speak to you. And uh, I pray this morning that God will use his word to sanctify us according to his truth, to bring you, if you're lost, to a saving knowledge of him. And as you found your place, if you will, I'll ask you to stand this morning as we read the word of the Lord. We're going to read these first eight verses of Psalm 78. And... Uh, Hear what the Lord has to say to us this morning. The Bible says this, Give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known and our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children, showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and His strength and His wonderful works that He hath done. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children, that the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born, who should arise and declare them to their children, that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God but keep his commandments, and might not be as their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation a generation that set not their heart aright and whose spirit was not steadfast with God. Lord, I thank you for your word this morning. And Father, I thank you for the freedom we have to gather today. Thank you for health and strength to be here. Lord, thank you for who you are. 
and all the things around us that come and go that change momentarily, God, I'm thankful that you're always the same. You're faithful. God, I'm thankful for your love and mercy that you have bestowed upon us so freely through Christ. Lord, we thank you for the Spirit of God that is dwells within us, Lord, and is at work within this very time, God. And that is our hope. That is our comfort, Lord. As I stand to speak, God, I am powerless to change anybody's life, to do anything of eternal significance. But Lord, I stand with courage this morning knowing that, God, you have chosen to use preaching and that, Lord, you're able to use my words, God, uh, to accomplish your purposes. And we pray for that this morning. We are dependent upon you for everything. I pray that each song that was sung, the prayers that have been prayed, and the message that will be preached in just a moment, God, would all be used for your purposes, God. Pray that it would all bring glory and honor to you. Help us to hear this morning. Help our heart to not be stubborn, but help us to hear what thus saith the Lord and respond in obedience. God, remove every distraction from our minds, God, and help us to truly, truly hear what you have to say to us today. Lord, thank you for our senior saints that you have allowed us to know, to interact with, to fellowship with. Thank you for what you've done in their life. God, thank you for the testimony that they each live out and the glory that they seek to bestow upon your name. And God, I pray that as time goes on, you'd continue to raise up a generation of saints that would serve you and love you faithfully and be a testimony to those coming behind them of your glory and of your honor. Lord, we love you this morning. Thank you for first loving us. And we pray this morning as well for every other pastor, every other individual who will stand behind the pulpit today and preach your word. God, help their labors to be fruitful. Give them the wisdom to know what to say and just speak through them this morning. And in Christ's precious and holy name we pray. Amen. Thank you for standing this morning. God is highly concerned with the generation to come. And it's easy it's easy to see why. The book of Judges speaks loudly to you and I about the importance of a generation. The whole book of Judges is based upon chapter 2 and verses 7 and through 8 and then verse number 10 which say, And the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua who had seen all the great works of the Lord that he did for Israel. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died being 110 years old. That's Joshua or Judges chapter 2, verses 7 and 8. As long as Joshua was alive, the people served the Lord. And then he passes away. And then the Bible says, And also all that generation were gathered unto their fathers, and there arose another generation after them which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel." And the result of that being that the people forsook God, and as the testimony of Judges tells us, everyone just did what was right in their own eyes. That was the result of a godly generation, a godly group of people passing away in another generation that were not alive when God brought them out of Egypt, when God led them through the wilderness. Another generation arose that in that sense did not know God, and then not long after that, they were all just doing what was right in their own eyes. That is the importance and the significance of a generation. The generation to come is precious. They are important. And the words of Psalm 78 make that clear. You can look throughout all the pages of your English Bible, whichever translation you primarily read from, and you'll not find the term youth ministry. You'll not uh, see the designation of a youth pastor, but Psalm 78 makes it very clear that God is concerned with youth ministry. 
I'm sure that as a parent, you have no greater desire than to see your child grow up and love God with all their heart, soul, and mind. Probably your main burden as a parent is that your child would serve God. Well, according to Psalm 78, God has the same desire. In fact, I think it to help us grasp the reality this morning, I think it would break God's heart twice as much as yours to see your child grow up and turn their back on Him. God would not have your children to grow up and walk away from the faith any more than you would. God is not willing to leave the precious nature of the next generation to chance. God is not just going to sit back and watch as the world and sin take the generation to come so that the faith eventually dies out. I'm sure you've heard of congregations that are described as elder congregations or the more I guess a pessimistic term is a dying church where there's no young people, none whatsoever. Well, God doesn't intend for it to be so. I like how Warren Wiersbe titled these verses of Scripture. He said, protecting the future. And if God is not sitting back and being unmindful about the future and the generation to come, then you and I better not either. And what we find in these first eight verses of Psalm 78 is two aspects of God's plan for developing the generation to come and what He would have them to be. And you and I this morning should be mindful of these perspectives, uh, the, uh, these directives that God gives us about youth ministry and, and serving the next generation to come so that we can carry out God's will for our lives and how to minister to young people. I said whatever generation you're a part of, these verses will speak to you. Well, what you'll find as we study these verses is for you, senior saints, and anyone who considers himself to be a part of a different generation than what would, we might consider young people, you have a part in developing the next generation. You today have a role to serve, if you will, in youth ministry. You have an expectation upon you from the God of heaven, and how to serve the generation to come. So I want us this morning to look at two, two aspects of God's, God's plan for raising up the generation to come, that they might be a godly generation. I want you to see where you fit into that. And I want us to evaluate how we are serving our youth and if we are fitting into these words that we find in Psalm Chapter 78. First thing I want us to look at is the method, God's method, if you will, for youth ministry. What, what is, how does God want us to minister to young people? And before you tune out the message or dismiss it as unimportant, I want you to hear again verse number 1 where Asaph, who is the writer of this psalm, says, Give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. Asaph is literally taking the time to call for our attention. It's almost like he's pleading with us to hear his words. He wants us to understand before we even get into his message how important his words are that he's going to share with us. Hear my words. Incline your ears. Open up your ears to hear what I'm about to tell you. We should agree this morning with Charles Spurgeon who said, when God gives His messenger a word, the least we can do is give our ear unto them and our hearts unto obedience to the message. 
We're already responding to the text with rebellion if we do not incline our ears to what Asaph is about to say through the Spirit of God speaking through him. It says, I will open my mouth in a parable in verse number 2. I will utter dark sayings of old. What he means is he's going to say things that, or he's going to give us a message that may be difficult to understand. Maybe things that you have to give consideration to, meditation to, to think through exactly what it is that he's declaring. He tells us in verse number 3 where he got his message from. That he's about to share this parable, this dark saying of old, that he's about to tell you that he wants you to incline your ears unto. He says, I have heard this and known this, and our fathers have told us. It is in verse number 5 that God has established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel which He commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children. This message He is seeking to declare is the testimony that God had built in Jacob. Of course, that would be the promises of of a group of people that would be more numerous than the sand on the seashore, that would be more numerous than the stars of heaven, that God would give them a land, a promised land, that God would multiply their seed. That testimony that God established in Jacob and the law that God built for Israel, the commandments, the statutes that God gave them. Asaph says that I will, in verse number 4, we will not hide them from their children, showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and His strength and His wonderful works that He has done. So what is God's method for youth ministry? What does, how does God ordain for us to serve young people? It is that we would tell them about the good things of God. Tell them what God has, uh, the testimony that He has established throughout His Word, throughout your life. Tell them and share with them the Gospel. Tell them and share with them what God has done for you. Young people need to be taught the Word of God. Parents, keep making the effort to get your children here on Wednesday nights. Make sure they constantly hear you magnify the name of God when you are at home. Make teaching God's Word and singing His praises a priority in your home for the sake of the generation to come. God intends for young people to be shown the praises of the Lord, that they should be shown the strength of the Lord, that they should be told about the wonderful works that He has done. The godliness of the generation to come starts with a determination by the current generation to take their spiritual responsibilities seriously. What is your spiritual responsibility? Tell the generation to come the testimony that God has established in your life. Tell the generation to come what God has done for you. Tell the generation to come the truth that God has given us in His Word. Wonderful works there in the CSB. The, it translates that phrase as praiseworthy acts. Has God done anything in your life that is praiseworthy? How has God shown you His strength? Have you told your children about that? If God has done anything in your life that is praiseworthy, have your children ever heard you give God that praise that He is worthy of? 
Has God done any wonderful works in your life? Do your children know about those? If God has saved you, if He's done this most wonderful work in your life that will ever be done to your children, know the story of how God saved you. As parents, you're often concerned with what you might be able to pass on to your children. You want to pass on, sure people want to leave their children a nice piece of land, a large sum of money maybe that they can inherit. But I think it's important this morning that we are, as parents, you are, we are, you are primarily concerned with passing on to your children the things that really matter and that God is concerned with, and that is that they know the testimony that He has established. As parents, as a church, can't get so caught up in all of our other responsibilities that we forget to do the main thing, and that's to tell the generation to come about the Word of God. I don't fully understand yet, obviously, but as parents, I recognize there's more responsibilities on you than you can probably even begin to list out on a piece of paper. Get them to ball practice, try to raise productive citizens, try to raise respectful young men and women to try to continue to love your spouse as you are called to, even with the newfound responsibilities of children. But in the midst of all those things, don't forget that the most important thing is that you tell them about the goodness of God and what He's done for you and what His Word declares that He has already done. In whatever ways we try to reach out to youth, we must never forget that God is not primarily concerned with them having a place to come and play dodgeball But God is mainly concerned that they hear the truth. Our priority in youth ministry, and I'm not minimizing in any way incorporating games, I'm not minimizing those things, but our our focus cannot become solely on those things. Ultimately, the aim of of using dodgeball, the aim of using an open gym, the aim of all those things is at the end of the day to teach them the Scriptures, to teach them the Word of God, to declare unto them the testimony. That God has established in Jacob. And on that note, young people, let me say to you, when someone is singing the praises of God to you, when somebody is telling you about what God has done for them, then you better listen up. Because God has established what is taking place in that moment for your protection. You are being ministered to in that moment. Young people often have a tendency to write off the older generation, to write off senior saints. They're not up to speed. They don't know what I'm going through. They uh, they just don't get it, is oftentimes, I think, the mentality. Well, they get more than you realize. And they have words of wisdom to share with you. They have a testimony to share with you. And when you have an opportunity to hear a senior saint telling you about the goodness of God, you better stop long enough to listen to what God is telling you and declaring to you through them. Put yourself, young person, in position to hear God's truth. Put yourself in positions to hear people declare His wonderful, wonderful works. I think of one word when I read verse number 3. It talks about, it says, what what Asaph is declaring is what I have heard and known, and my fathers, our fathers have told us, have told me, and the one word that comes to my mind when I read that verse is legacy. Glad for the people in my life who had received the message of God's Word from the generations before them and made sure that I, had, that I heard the great message. 
I'm grateful for those who have stood faithful with the Word of God and passed it on to generations after them. I'm not a first-generation Christian. I had people who taught me and told me the Word of God. I look around this church, and I don't know the statistics as well here, not being here any longer than I have, but I doubt most of you or many of you are probably not first-generation Christians. Somebody in your life from a very early age was faithful to declare unto you the wonderful works of God. And that's nothing to minimize, and that's nothing to take for granted. But if you don't have a God legacy, you might say, I am a first-generation Christian. Well, you don't be discouraged. God's providing you the opportunity to start that legacy. And God's power is able to let you be the beginning of that legacy where you have heard and then you tell the next generation and the generation to come after that hears. And it all started with your own testimony. Remember today that the spiritual health or lack thereof of the generation to come depends on what me and you are doing with the Word of God right now. God's method is to tell them. He said, Asaph said, we will not hide from their children, showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord. Don't hide from the generation to come the praises of the Lord. If God has done anything in your, wife, in your life worth praising Him for, don't hide it from the generation to come. And then, finally this morning, verses 6 through 8, you see God's purpose in youth ministry. What's the end of it all? What's the aim of it all? Youth ministry is, again, about so much more than just giving young people a fun place to hang out. God has a much, much greater goal in mind for all that we do. Young person, according to verse number 6, God expects you to continue the cycle. That the generation to come might know them, might know the law of Israel, might know the testimony that he established in Jacob. Even the children which should be born. So he's talking about a generation that's not even born yet, that's not even in existence yet, who should then arise and declare them to their children. It's a cycle. And so young people hear me well this morning. God is, you are hearing the expectation that God expects you to rise up into these positions and places of leadership for you to become active in the service of God. All that people pour into your life is not so that you can be a part of our youth group until you go off to college and then you go AWOL, we never see you again. God's purpose in youth ministry is so that you continue the cycle, so that then you arise, then you begin to declare the generation to come after you about the praiseworthy acts of God and the wonderful works that He has done for you is to be this cycle so that the generation to come is always safe because there's always someone there who will declare unto them the goodness and the wonderful Mercy of God. Young person, you are expected to one day become parents who will then tell your children about the mighty works of God. You are expected to step into roles as Sunday school teachers to tell your class about the truth of God, to tell them about the wonderful works that He has done. Young people, don't be afraid or shy about stepping into Active service of the Lord. That's the point of it all. So that this generation to come would arise and then they would declare them to their children. Verse number seven, even more full, more explanation of the purpose so that this generation to come, 
they might set their hope in God. And not forget the works of God, but keep His commandments. This is, the, this is the point of it all. We tell our children about God so that one day they will have their own walk with Him. Your children will only be able to ride on the curtail of your faith for so long. And eventually that won't be strong enough to keep them here. You parent. We do what we do in, through Sunday school, through our youth ministry through all the different activities we have on Wednesday, even the fellowship activities that Pastor James does, all those things, the ultimate aim and purpose of all those things, and so one day that group of children, that generation, will set their hope in God and have their own walk with Him so that they will one day carry out their lives in obedience and submission to Him. It's so that they will come to love God themselves. It's so that the generation to come might not be like some of the generations of the past who were stubborn and rebellious, but that they would set their hope in the Lord, not forget His commandments, not forget the works that He's done, not be that generation like their fathers that were stubborn and rebellious, a generation that would not set their heart aright and the Spirit was not steadfast with God. That generation would only live as they wanted to. They refused to be mindful of God. So, young person, God is speaking to you through Psalm 78 to not live your life this way. To refuse to set your hope in Him, to refuse to obey Him, to live stubbornly and rebellious. Parents, the one thing God has given you to prevent your children from growing up and living a godless life is to declare unto them the Word of God. Tell them what He's done for you. Declare unto them His wonderful works. The key to remember about youth ministry and your role in youth ministry is that it is an investment. Notice how the text reads, we tell the generation to come about God's wonderful work so that they, one day they will continue the cycle. We sing God's praises so that they will one day set their hope in God. We declare God's strength, strength so that the little ones you see running around here might not be a stubborn and rebellious generation who refuse to be faithful to God or walk with Him at all. In other words, we tell them now, tell them today, And it might not be tomorrow that they set their hope in God. It might not be tomorrow that they arise and declare them then to their children. But we keep on telling them. We keep on bringing them face to face with the wonderful works of God so that one day these things, what's mentioned in verses 7 and 8, would happen by God's grace and mighty power work in their lives. It's an investment. We trust that God might work through us and our testimony to bring the generation to come to faith in Him. I ask you, if you would, this morning to stand with me as our musicians can come around. Miss Kim, you can begin to play whenever you are prepared. We often talk about how godless the generation to come often seems to be. 
You've heard it said. I've said it myself. It's, it's, it's scary to think about what the world's going to look like in 15, 20, 30 years. A lot of the thought is, is when this generation that has set a godly example who has walked with the Lord, maybe they're no longer here, God has called them home, and what's it going to look like then? But I wonder, based off Psalm 78, if we've gotten to the place we're at because of parents and churches who are not as faithful with God's Word as they should have been. So my my exhortation to you this morning is to be faithful to carry out God's method for ministering to the generation to come. And that's not just Pastor James's role. That's not just my role. That's not just our uh, workers who specifically work with our RAs and GAs or the others who help Pastor James on Wednesday nights with the youth. God is declaring to you, you have a role to play in youth ministry. What is it? Tell them what God has done for you. Declare unto them His wonderful works. And if God has put somebody in your life that has done that, and God has used that in bringing you to faith, so that you can say, today I've set my hope in God, and God used the testimony of somebody special in my life. It may be worth your time to thank them for being faithful. And let them know that God used them in your life. It could be an encouragement to them. Young person, hear what the Word of the Lord is telling you today. God has put people around you that you shouldn't dismiss and you shouldn't discredit and you shouldn't write off. Because they can tell you something that's going to help you. God has dealt with your heart in any way and you need to respond in this immediate hour. Of course, these altars are open. You may want to grab your children and come and pray with them. This, that would be a good starting point. Pray over them that they would set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep His commandments. If God has dealt with you in any way, I urge you to be obedient to Him. As Mark comes around and leads us in a song of invitation, you respond if the Lord is dealing with your heart. Thank you for listening. Please remember to drop a rating and subscribe to get our latest audio.